Sri Lanka's administrative service, where does it stand today? And what more can we do in Sri Lanka to help the administrative service, the civil service, help develop the country and contribute meaningfully to the development aspirations of our nation? I've invited to our studios a veteran Sri Lankan administrative service, an individual who has been with governments, with the administrative service for over five decades. And this veteran civil servant, of course, began his career during the then Ceylon Administrative Service back in 1963. Before no, I introduce 1967, Mr. Austin Fernando, a very warm welcome to you yeah. at Hyde Park on Other Than a 24. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Um, as I mentioned, there is over um, five decades of uh, administrative service contributions to the Sri Lankan economy, to the service. You started back in 1967 um, as, as when it was the Ceylon Administrative Service. And since then, you've worked with uh, six executive presidents, um, of course, starting with President Jayar Jawadana, and then with President Ranasinghe Premadasa, then with President D.B. Vijaytunga, then with President Chandrika Bandaranaika Kumaratunga, um, followed by uh, President Mahindra Rajapaksa and also with uh, President Gotabe Rajapaksa. Of course, with uh, the incumbent President Ranu Vikramasinghe, you've worked with him, uh, since, uh, you've, you've done politics uh, and with him and you have also uh, been a civil servant and, and a public administrative service um, personnel during a key um, period of our history during the ceasefire agreement when uh, now President Ranul Vikramasinghe was the Prime Minister at the time and you were the civilian public officer, the most important public officer managing um, matters related to the ceasefire agreement. Tell us about your journey. I'd like to start off there. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, shall I say, it, it has been fluctuating up and down, mm -hmm. you know, going up and down. That's a very interesting thing. I think life is like that also. I, I, I really, I, before I got into SLAs, CAs at that time, it was not SLAs at mm -hmm. that time, before 72, I entered the CAs. At that time, I was, uh, before that, I was a teacher. And I still remember when I went to teach at Naguda Mahavidyalaya, uh, there, there was one child in the GC Olewal who, who was older to me. He was, she was uh, older to me by about two months or so. <laughs> uh, so all the children in the advanced level class were older to me. That was in 1963 you joined as a yeah. uh, teacher. Straight from the university. Mm -hmm. At that time, uh, it's a very interesting thing. Now if you want to get the teaching appointment, people had to go on the, on the streets mm -hmm. shouting, give us a job, give us a job. But in our case, I made the application when I was a uh, university student. I had not finished my final exam. They sent an application and said, if you would like to become a teacher, make this application. And that went up. And suddenly, I, I can remember my last, uh, uh, last examination paper was geography. In, uh, and that was about the 10th of April or so. Mm -hmm. And we came home for the new year. 25th of April or so, I received a letter asking me to come for an interview in Gold uh, Education Office to be selected as a, as a teacher. And no politicians, no... Uh, uh, no uh, higher higher officials influencing you just get to get a job and go and teach and the questions asked were your name address what were the subjects uh, where do you want to serve district 
that have been given in the in the application also. Is this school okay? Uh, yes, it's okay. So that's the type of selection. Nowadays, children have to work. So therefore, my entry to the public service so as a teacher, then SLAs, the real CAs, then I had to go and work in, uh, I was sent to Batticolo for training. But the first time I stepped into Batticolo, I had never been to Batticolo earlier. That was your first appointment? Yeah, yeah first uh -huh. appointment, 67 October, first I was recruited. Uh, first of November, I was in, 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 in Batticolo. Mm -hmm. And there, I didn't know a word of Tamil. Uh, and the people also didn't know a word of signal, uh, most of the officials, I should say. There was a single Gramasevaka in, in Batticolo district who was a single East man and all were Tamils and a few Muslims. So likewise, uh, you get to you get used to working in a totally different environment. And uh, and there, were, there was no terrorism also at that time. What was the sentiment yeah. like? Um, Sorry? What was the sentiment there when you traveled there from the south? Yeah, that, that it's very interesting because there were single uh, Mudalalis. Mm. I think the biggest uh, the biggest uh, jewelry shop was owned by a man called Siripala, mm -hmm. Siripala Mudalali. Mm. And m many Tamils were going to buy uh, things. There was one Vedaranimachari or something like that uh, owned by Tamils, but that was for elites like, you know. So then the uh, marketplace, there were, and even Iravur, in Valachani, you found a lot of single people mm. doing business, garages, bakeries, and then furniture shops, all owned by single people at that time. So there was no problem about ethnicity and uh, religious or whatever. We were behaving as uh, any other person from Batikolo district, and there was nothing to, nothing to deter your, 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 your actions and all that. But what was it like for you to witness the transformation of Sri Lankan society from a peaceful environment that you saw during your first appointment, uh, a, young, um, a young graduate who was given his first teacher appointment and uh, traveling to Batiklo. And then over the years you see um, insurgencies, violence, and then terrorism, a war. I, 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 my, my feeling is, uh there had been uh, there had been uh, uh, misgivings on the part of governments, all the governments, right? not one single government. And then uh, uh, we here in Colombo, people have been working in such a way they may they would have they would have changed laws. Now, for example, for example, the single only uh, law, which are brought in. Definitely, if you were a Tamil. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't uh, accept that as a thing. If your if your language is not good, your language is one thing which gives you identity. Now, if you see the uh, very recently, there was this uh, Global Tamil Forum uh, head, uh, the spokesperson Surendra Surendra, and coming and working with some Buddhist priests and civil society people, meeting the president and uh, Mr. Mahindra Paksa and all these people, and then their main concern is. Give us equality, give us uh, uh, our dignity. That's the type of thing which we uh, have them. Someone may ask, what is the inequality you are, uh, you are undergoing? Mm -hmm. But the only thing is, if when, when, you are, when you go to a police station in the north and a Sinhala policeman is asking you to give a statement in Sinhala, if you are a Tamil, would you like it? And if you, if, if you go to a police station here and if someone asks you for, uh, to give a statement to the police in Tamil, would you like it? So the, these are the things which are created by the politicians because of various, various reasons. And then that is there, then the economic reasons. Uh, so all those things uh, 
the cumulative had been uh, people were demanding first they demanded language then they started demanding uh, demanding uh, demanding land education jobs uh, development projects freedom to do this that and all that so therefore from 1967 when i went to Bet into i have come a long way and found all these uh, uh, bad things happening uh, and they and mostly i don't say it's only only the only the uh, politicians uh, politicians had been instrumental media had been sometimes instrumental when you look at it uh, sometimes uh, religious leaders had been instrumental so therefore all those things had uh, changed the environment which i saw in 1967 the brotherly feeling we had in so the turning point do you say it's the singular only act or were there other contributing factors that made one community feel neglected marginalized um, against the rest of uh, yeah, the country. Yeah, I think I think I think even as administrators, sometimes we may have done uh, done mistakes. Mm. You know, we 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 would have been pushed into certain situations where we had to be a bit, uh, you know, sometimes against your conscience also. Sometimes it would have happened. Uh, the the it is not only the single only law. The single only situation. Then the 1983 uh, Black July. After that, only lot of politicians started, Tamil politicians started asking for things. Uh, now, for example, would you believe if I tell you that 1985 or so, 1985, mm -hmm. there was a proposal made by Mr. Amitthalingam and Mr. Sivasidambara. And they said, when you give land, giving Mahavali land, you give so many to Tamils, so many to Muslims. Why do people ask for that? Because you, they, because they got the impression that we are colonizing certain areas for, for with Sinhalese people, I, I, I personally feel the policymakers should have thought of the, the, these issues. And then, I, of course, I don't think that it is the same same thing in the minds of other people. Whenever G and Oradia, I remember there were applications called to be settling people in Mahavali area. Mm -hmm. I told the Tamil politicians from the state sector, why don't you send your applications? We will get some people land in that area, all irrigated land. And then uh, three and three acres of, uh, I think, uh, two and a half acres and uh, three acres, uh, half acre for housing or something like that. I can't remember the exact extents. When I said that, they never took any interest. The reason for, for that is the Tamil politicians, the state sector politicians, they thought, if these people go to uh, Kalavava area, we will lose the numbers in in in, in this one, mm -hmm. in 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 no area. Therefore, our representation will be attacked, and our 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 superiority with the people over here, and superiority even with the single politicians here, they are negotiating uh, situation. And they but is that a basis for the concerns that uh, there were efforts by the politicians or the administrative service? Uh, the, the structure to colonize uh, certain areas by... Uh, no, with, no, no. I, I, I don't think uh, colonization is a national policy. But then, then if you take the national policy business about land, you know the only place where in the law, Sri Lankan law to my knowledge, where national policy should be done in some specific way according to the constitution, that is only about land. In Annexa 2 of the 13th Amendment, they say that 
a land national land commission has to and then there should be these experts in that way there should be secretariat for land then they must make the policy and that policy should be adhered even by the provincial council everything is there it had been there in the law from 1978 onwards today we have never heard of the national land commission which have been appointed how many years so many years people they, so who who is responsible to appoint the government so therefore government is politicians once again and then people who should have pushed this people like us who are who are in the public service i was never in the lands ministry but that is the those are the people so therefore if you say politicians and bureaucrats have caused some of these damages yes they have and you have been with the six executive presidents yeah. uh, worked with them been in the public service yeah. overseeing some of the decisions they've taken uh, being part of some of the decisions um, I'd like to continue to talk about the ceasefire agreement. But before that, Mr. Fernando, um, do you think much could have been done to alleviate the, the uh, discomfort or the concerns of the Tamil community of the country? And at the same time, the Sinhalese in the present day, um, they feel threatened as a majority um, community that there is, there is um, advancements made by the minority. However, there is tension between the communities no only thing is that when when uh, in 1967 when i got into service there was no tension of that nature 1972 73 it was not there but 1983 black july was the was a turning point i think uh, that uh, the black july uh, was uh, one place where they felt that uh, uh, oh, in the meantime, there were certain certain things like the education uh, policy changes, then land policy changes. Uh, some of those things were were uh, irking the uh, Tamil community and Muslim community also sometimes. But uh, the 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 uh, the situation got really uh, really bad after the 1983, where people started running away from the country. Uh, so many. Uh, the, the, the migration to, uh, to, to uh, India was the highest and to the West Western countries. People to, who went to the Western countries had connections there, roots there, and some were well-to-do people. Poor people went to India. So there was the problem of the uh, refugees. Then uh, what happened was those refugees who went there to the other countries, they started uh, gathering together, and then various... Uh, uh, various uh, uh, various groups were formed, and in some countries, if you go to Ontario in Canada, you find you'll find a big, uh, uh, big uh, lot of uh, you know uh, organizations as well as uh, strong people over there. And even in in England or Paris, uh, everywhere you find them because they also got together and they started canvassing those governments. So therefore, when because of that, when they started things happening here. Uh, in uh, uh, to the to the to the well-being of the uh, Tamil people, then the Sinhalese people also feel okay. We are not getting it. So the, likewise, this had been a competitive uh, situation where uh, the ethnicities uh, start uh, doing this. But only thing is, you can't blame only the politician, only the only the public officials. No, many things. You know the. Uh, politicians, of course, yes. Then the public servants also sometimes had been carried along with the politicians. Then we had the media. Then we had some of these organized associations, all that ethnic or religious-based uh, organizations. Uh, they, uh, whether they wanted to have 
uh, integration is a question. Um, I'd like to go back to your time uh, with the presidency before we go to yeah, a yeah, ceasefire yeah. agreement. Uh, you've worked with President Riyadh Jawadana. At the time, he's known as one of the strongest leaders he, uh, he, he, um, he did with the constitution and the statements he made. What was it like working with him? No, about the constitution, well, uh, at that time, I didn't get a hang of it so much. So maybe I was junior and I was not interested. But later, uh, some of the constitutional changes which he made in the executive presidency and all that, I think, has caused certain, certain difficulties. And they are continuing to be there. And uh, that is there, I think. But of course, working with him as an administrator, I was not working like as a constitutional expert or, or, or a lawyer or something like that. I have been working with, uh, with him as a public officer. I think I must say, he had, uh, I think because of his maturity and uh, the experience he has had, he had, uh, uh, he had some, some positive uh, uh, act actions uh, with, the, uh, with the public officers. They may, he may have erred here and there, I don't deny that, but my personal experience is, it is not so. I remember once he wanted me to do something to benefit one of his people who had come and met me and I told him, that the person who, who wanted the help, I was not prepared to help him. And I knew that he was a good friend of uh, President Jayavadana, but I said no. Then one day I got a call from President Jayavadana direct and asking me to do that. Then I said, no, sir, I can't do that because of this. And he went on arguing with me for about 10 minutes on the phone. Mm -hmm. Finally, he, he, he just gave it up. Uh, probably he, he made, uh, may, he asked me, can you ask, uh, get an appointment fixed up for this gentleman to go and meet so and so, so and so. I said, yes, that I will do. And I did. So there was no transfer, uh, a transfer or any other kind of intimidation? No, really, uh, really there wasn't. Uh, there wasn't. And after one year or one and a half, maybe one and a half years or so, he appointed me as secretary rehabilitation. You know, so, so, that's so, the difference. <laughs> so to have that kind of, um, that, that personality, was it, was it, uh, allowed within the service because now I'm, I'm not saying that all public service or those in the civil service um, are corrupt or don't stand up for what's right or wrong. There are many um, who lead an exemplary service life. But at the time for you to say, no, I will not do this. This is why I won't. Were you heard? Is that why you were able to talk or was that, was that uh, the norm at the I time? Think, I think most likely I uh, I would have, uh, shall I say, miscalculated the powers of a president. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I I I was I, I, I was very you know I was uh, very truthfully telling him what the law and mm -hmm. what it is. He knows the law, but better than I did. Mm -hmm. But then uh, he could tell it. I, I have another example, interesting story which I heard from Mr. Manik Devla one day, mm -hmm. his secretary. Uh, there had been a dignitary from a foreign country, a top class dignitary who wanted something to be done uh, to assist one of his uh, people who was this living is in President this country. Jayaji. Vijayavada. Mm. And uh, he wanted a letter, and there was a man called Image Vanigaratna. I could remember his name, but I don't know the guy. Uh, he was the, I think, Director General of uh, Immigration, Immigration, or so. He sent a letter 
he got a letter from the foreign dignitary and he gave that letter and he sent a letter asking how about this case. It is in this book also which I written, Mama's thing. Uh, and then uh, the, the report came negative uh, to the intention of the president. Then he was asked to come and he was asked, why did you, why, why are you not recommending this? He said, sir, you, this man asked me for this one in writing. I said, no. Then he asked the same thing from you and you are the minister, didn't give it because you then From that day onwards today, I have no reason to give him because he has not improved. He has nothing, nothing, no positive mark mm. to give him. So therefore, I won't recommend. Mm. Then he said, uh, can't I give it? He said, yes, you can give it. But if you give it, there will be so many other, other people asking for the same concession. Then he asked, asked Mr. Vanigaratna to go out of the room. And uh, after a little while, Mr. Vanigaratna came with the fire and asked Mr. Vanigaratna. Vanige, they were batchmates or so, they are friends. Vanige, uh, you know what the boss said? He said, I don't know. He showed this thing. He also had regret. That means he going along with the recommendation of the head of department. And then he said, do you know what he told me? He said, if we have 10 Vanigaratnas, I can run this country. So that's the type of treatment uh, he gave. He may have, people are criticizing him for various, various things. But I'm uh, appreciating him as a public officer. Mm -hmm. So therefore, these are good lessons for others also. If we can, if the present president or the future president or the presidents who were there, if they could have done the same thing, I think we would have had a better public service and a better, better political administration. Uh, from there on, uh, you served under uh, President Ranasinghe Premadasa, President D.B. Vijaytunga, and then uh, with President Chandrika Bandana Kumaratunga. I'm sure you've had uh, many uh, interesting incidents during this time, but you, you're sacked uh, later on yeah. by um, Madam C.B.K. No, I have, I have been, uh, I don't know if it's sacked or whatever it is. I was put to the pool by uh, President Kumaratunga. I think, uh, of course, she didn't give me a chance to explain myself. She didn't give that. I think it's a, it's a, it shouldn't have happened in that manner because a secretary, when he's uh, pushed out to the pool, they call it the pool, you know, that's the Siberia of public service. Uh, it would have been better if uh, I had been uh, asked to in, uh, explain my situation, which didn't happen. Anyway, what was your relationship with her? With her now? With her at the time. At that time, I, I was not very, uh, very closely known to her. But, uh, you know, when you become a head of state, people come and tell you. I think it's not the fault of the head of state. It's not the head of the fault. And people come and tell you, politicians, um, businessmen, and friends, and relations. Various people come and, uh, come and uh, try to, uh, try to in, inter interact with you about others. So this happens. You were Secretary of Defense at the time, I must remind our viewers. And uh, you were the civilian public officer managing the ceasefire agreement. Um, tell us what this experience was like. Uh, where did the discussion about a ceasefire agreement come to the administrative uh, no. service or public office? What happened was, uh, I think, uh, uh, the, the Prime Minister, and we had a, it's a, it's a little bit of conflict in situation. The President was Chandrika Kumar, and I Kumar, and I'll be Two different parties. Two different parties. And they have contested elections, mm -hmm. and uh, this gentleman has won the election uh, in the parliament. 
So quite naturally, uh, quite naturally, there can be common thinking, common approaches. Uh, that that can not happen in the, not only in Sri Lanka, and even in other country, it will be the same thing. So what happened was. Uh, we 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 have forgotten that uh, I think if we, it is on fifth of January nineteen ninety five if I remember right, uh, President Kumar Zunga no nineteen ninety five yes, yes nineteen ninety five she was there yeah nineteen ninety five she had an agreement with uh, there was a uh, understanding memorandum understanding signed between uh, President Kumar Kumar and and Prabhakaran I think it was uh, it was uh, done. Uh, I have not seen any document where her signature is, but I have seen a, a letter, letter that had been uh, published by the president's office mm -hmm. uh, media. She, she was for peace. I think uh, one must not uh, run down people. Like, you know, she was for peace. She wanted to have peace. President Chandra President Chandra Kumar, 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 yes, Kumar wanted peace. Wanted peace. Mm. She genuinely wanted peace. Mm. And she, she came to some sort of agreement. And there was a, there's a document that had been published by the presidency secretariat. In that, she was agreeable to various concessions to be given to these people. She was agreeable. I think she, that's a great, great thing because uh, when you have a war which, you, which is between your own kit and kin, uh, and your army is being sent to kill, uh, uh, kill your own citizens, I think she would have felt bad. She might have. I don't know. Anyway. With that background, when Mr. Ranil Vikram Singh became the Prime Minister, she or he also would have thought, you can carry on with this. Mm. And at the same time, there were so many things that happened. The Twin Tower attack. Then because of that, the Americans, how they were, they were influencing the rest of the world about anti-terrorist activities. Then our economic downturn at that time, not the, as bad as now, but it and was some sort of a downturn. Yeah. Then the the uh, attack uh, which was on the Katunaike airport attack, you know, things like that. I think at the same time for the LTT, they were hunted down. You know, they, they knew that uh, their situation in the foreign countries and even here will not be that easy. So they also would like to have a little bit of lull in the in the in the in the in the, uh, in the approach to uh, their war making. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they you you in in war making you you attack. But then you step back and strategically you know, step back. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and internationally, at the time, there was there, uh, there are so much mm. things. So LTT would have like to. So it, it matched mm. very well for Mr. Ryan Vikram Singh. Mm -hmm. He was in a bad shape here in the economy and things like that. On the other hand, the others were so. In the meantime, the intermediaries came in. That is the that is the Norwegians came in, and Norwegians were working with Mr. Mrs. Kumar Zunga also earlier. So therefore, it's a matter of generally shifting from one place to other place with the same people around. Mm. So I think most likely, uh, I don't know why, but most likely Prime Minister Vikram Singh would have thought that why not carry on? And then a lot of work had been done by Mr. Lakshman Kadragama before that, so that things were generally moving towards that end. So therefore, therefore, I think uh, his going for peace, mm. the ceasefire agreement, is a correct step towards uh, towards this one, but I found you asked me how I felt about it. I was uh, I was the uh, civilian uh, conduit, shall I say, that had been working with the politicians and with the uh, with the military. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the military had been 
trained, and they were the people who were getting hit everywhere. Their soldiers had been killed, and their camps had been attacked, and like that, they, they, they were the people who suffered uh, in this. So therefore, you can't change the mindset of people uh, just because you have a ceasefire. Mindsets don't change, to, for the attitudes don't change towards peace that easily with the military. No military will be will be will be changing their minds. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they were. I know some of the some of the uh, military uh, leading military officials I knew, and they were working with me. When I tell them, look here now, we have to do it. You know, this is the problem. They used to tell me some of them uh, very very senior people. They used to say, sir, there's no chance for that. You know, you have to hit them. You know, there were people who were thinking in those terms, and there were politicians. What, what did you feel at the time? W was it the most patriotic? Uh, thing to do at the time. I personally feel, I, no, as a public servant, I am expected to carry on, as a secretary, I am expected to carry on the policy of the government. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, the policy, I may, I may differ in my own thinking about the policy, but if you want to be in, the, if you want to do that job, you have to carry on. Otherwise, you chuck up and go home. It's, that's a different story. So what happened was, when I was working with them, I found that the LTT was not not that accommodative of uh, of the of the of the uh, peace process. They they were trying to uh, score a point, uh, yeah, score brownie point uh, with everything. When you where the, the agreement, for example, was that for example, one I'll take one example. They, there was a there was a section in that where where we have to go out of all the public officers which are held by the military and the LTT. And then uh, they were pressing so hard. And, and there were times given, just time slots, 60 days. Within 60 days, you had to do it. Within 45 days or whatever, you had to do it. And they were insisting. But when it's, it's not easy to take, the, take, uh, take an army camp from one place to another. But, and they know about it. Mm -hmm. But still for all, they were asking for the pound of flesh. And, and that's not the way. I, I think they didn't show that they were, they were going through a peace process to, be, to become friends. <laughs> they were doing it in such a way that uh, it, it was for, we are, we are still uh, uh, not in disagreement. We don't want, we want our pound of flesh like, uh, like that. And then they were breaking rules, regulations also. Now, in the agreement, there's something to say that we can't move around. Mm. But they were moving around. And then the Navy went and attacked those ships and killed people and all that, that happened. And, and this was done not only by, by the, by the cardinals, even the leadership of the LTT was doing that. I remember when uh, one day I, when I was secretary, uh, Karunamman, he came and asked uh, me, uh, they, they had a, we had an agreement, uh, engagement, rules of engagement. That was to say that if they want to go from one place to another place by sea, they had to inform me mm -hmm. for 48 hours earlier through the Sri Lanka monetary mission. Yeah. So one day, Tronfur Hade came and told me that Karun Amman wanted to go from one place to another place. Then uh, I said, uh, yes, he can go after 40 hours, he can go. That's a rule of engagement that had been agreed mm -hmm. upon between Prabhakaran and us. Mm. And then uh, he said, no, he wants to go today. I said, no, it's 24 hours. So it's not 48. Because when you say 48 hours, there's a reason for that. Because when it when it 48 hours, we used to tell the Navy, you come and cover the area so that nothing happens uh, in between which is detrimental to the peace process or to the government state. So he said no. And then 
I thought that he's not going to come. He'll wait for 48 hours. And in the middle of the night, I get a telephone call saying that he was, he, they have caught, and they were going to kill. Mm. And then uh, the, the Navy could have just killed him uh, in the middle of the sea. Then they asked me. I said, no, don't. And while you are sleeping, you get a call, and you have to give mm. an answer. I said, no, you can't. You should not. Then they said, no, they are violating the ceasefire agreement. I said, yes. They are violating the, uh, but I still you don't. They are violating the rules of engage engagement. I said, yes, but you can't. Then uh, he said, uh, we can't. That's the only two questions were asked. I said, no, and I left the telephone and kept quiet. I said, no, don't know at that. The reason was that Navy officer is doing the right thing. That is, uh, rules of engagement broken, the ceasefire agreement, so you attack. But then if you attack Karuna Amman, who was considered number two at that time, there would have been no, there wouldn't have been a ceasefire agreement thereafter. There would have been so many bombs. Uh, uh, they had, uh, they have not, uh, they were not only attacking places in the North and East, they would have done it in other places. There would have been. So I had to be thinking in terms of the uh, big picture. So you were basically implementing the, the ceasefire yeah. agreement, making decisions on... Yeah, yeah. Um, correct. Hmm. But of course, uh, uh, it's a very uh, risky thing because... But that's uh, a tough call also. I mean, yeah, yeah. To, that, that's what, why you, what you do with yeah, I was a very healthy man, but uh, mm -hmm. by the time I finished my term as uh, Secretary of Defense, I was uh, having pressure and <laughs> sugar and all those things. <laughs> we could imagine what... Uh, what uh, uh, life would have been at the time, yeah. um, some of the darkest uh, times of our history. Um, and then a ceasefire agreement is reached. Well, did you believe that will genuinely work? Yeah, I, at, the, at the outset, I thought even with the weaknesses in the document, which uh, personally speaking and while talking to our, our, our military people, they were having their own problems uh, with this, uh, I thought uh, Still, even with that, this is something which was required. I thought it will come through, but after about six, seven months of the thing, I knew that uh, it was very difficult. So what happened to Karuna Amman there on? When you said no, he, no. then he went off. And then uh, then what happened was, uh, he, uh, I, I, this fellow didn't kill him, uh, mm. fortunately. Uh, of course, uh, if I were in the Navy, I would have thought, well, killing is the answer. But as secretary, it's a little different ball game. Uh, then he went off, but then we reported this matter to SLM, and SLM had a very strong, word, strongly worded uh, uh, statement made saying that it shouldn't have happened and all that, but that's the way how things happen. You know, you don't send a man to prison for, for violating that type of thing because there was no provision in law as well as in the agreement. It's a matter of, you know, you are trying to be coming to agreements in, 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 uh, in, in for the goodness of you, for the, for the sake of the country. But then I don't think they were having that type of feeling, although I had that type of feeling, or Mr. Vikram Singh would have had that type of feeling. Um, I think it's time we take a short commercial break here at Hyde Park, but we'll speak more. We're in conversation with Mr. Austin Fernando, the author of two books, one, Mama Austin, and the second, My Belly is White. We'll return to speak more.
Welcome back. Uh, we're in conversation with Mr. Austin Fernando, veteran public servant and uh, um, civil servant in Sri Lanka. Uh, Mr. Fernando, you, again, during your time uh, in the public service, you've worked with several administrations, different governments. You've also worked in the private sector uh, between the period from 1996 to 2001. And that's afterwards that you uh, um, became Secretary Defense of the CBKRW government. Yeah. Um, thereon, you've also worked with a combination of uh, President Maitripala Sirisena and Prime Minister Ranil Wickremasinghe. Yeah. Uh, this has given, um, given a reason for many questions. Um, at times, um, there has been uh, criticism over the way in which the two parties work together. Um, the Easter Sunday attacks, for example, um, controversy surrounding the relationship between the head of state and the prime minister, the head of uh, the, the parliament, the government. Um, what is your experience of uh, President Maitripala Sirisena and Prime Minister Ranil Wickremasinghe working together? Since you mentioned about uh, uh, the previous uh, mm -hmm. engagement with uh, Mr. Vikram Singh and uh, Ms. Chandrika Kumar Thunga. Mm -hmm. The difference was there, Mrs. Kumar Thunga and Mr. Vikram Singh, they fought the election mm -hmm. against each other and then became the Prime Minister and President. But in with Mr. Maitripal Sirisena and Mr. Ranil Vikram Singh, they fought together. They fought together against uh, Mr. Mahindra Rajapaksa's uh, establishment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you can't compare these two to, uh, in the same light. Uh, but, uh, well, uh, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Maitripar, Mr. Maitripal Sirisena and, uh, and Mr. Vikram Singh, at the very outset, they, there was nothing to uh, create any problem. But I think uh, my personal belief is that uh, the central bank uh, scam, I think that created a bit of a problem, not bit, uh, I think serious problem between the two because, uh, uh, because they were, uh, there, there was some belief in, in Mr. V Mr. Sirisena uh, that uh, it should be looked at and he appointed Chitra City Commission also because of that. Uh, then there were uh, the, 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 this uh, this uh, mismatch, I should say, has uh, has several reasons for that. Uh, one is uh, they were from two political parties who had been fighting each other for long uh, time. Number one. Number two, the understanding we had was that Mr. Sirisena is going to be president for one one term, mm -hmm. and then that means Mr. Vikram Singh will carry on as prime minister, and then he will contest and he will become the uh, president later with the support of Mr. Sirisena also because they had been uh, working together. But then when Mr. Sirisena accepted the SLFP leadership, uh, probably that may have uh, irked uh, the UNP on this matter, number two. Number three, as individuals, I have been working with both of them very closely. Mr. Sirisena and I are known to each other from 1975 when I was additional DA. He was there in Polonarwa. Then 
with Mr. Vikram Singhas after I was removed from office by Mr. Mrs. Kumar Sunghi in 1996, I started working with him. I was never a party member of the UNP. Uh, of course, if you ask me about politics, uh, I was a LSSP party member in 19, uh, when I was a young boy, you know. So, uh, then, uh, uh, of course, I was working with uh, Mr. Vikram Singh. I have been doing politics with him, you know, I do, because I was not a public servant. I was a complete outsider working in the private sector and working with him. Of course, not, not addressing meetings, or but then you have so many things which people can do in politics. He knows about it, and I know about it. Uh, so then I went on like that. Then uh, the two gentlemen themselves were not the one is from Columbus Seven and Royal College and lawyer and speaking excellent English and all that. The other gentleman from the from a colony and you know, colonist son and Gram Sevaka and then uh, party cadre who have come from the very beginning. You know, uh, so the, the, and socially also. They were different, you know, I know both of them, their behavioral patterns I know. So therefore, this type of a, a clashing situation is not a surprise to anybody who knew both of them. So when you ask me this but question... But how could um, such um, experienced politicians let their personal differences affect the way they uh, govern the country or rule the country or take decisions? pertaining to the country. Yeah, but power is something which you can't uh, gauge that easily. Political power, when you become a president, you are the king, you know, there are no two words about you are the king and, 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 and no, they, 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 they think that, uh, uh, that they are kings also, you know. So that's what the executive is about? Executive is about. Do you believe the executive must be abolished? I believe that it should be abolished because uh, uh, he is uh, not uh, answerable to the people. He is elected by the people, mm -hmm. but not answerable, not accountable to the people. He, is, he has his own way of uh, doing things, and all the presidents had been doing this. You know, I don't think a single president would. Uh, they, they, in fact, uh, once uh, in a Sinhalese newspaper, I, when I was interviewed, I said, the moment you become a president, you become a sarvak. <laughs> like that. So this is, we go back to the doings of President Riyad Jai here. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any experiences in intervening in these political matters or politicians or yes, the executives? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, have, I have been intervening with uh, hmm. all, almost all these politicians and sometimes I had been the bad man. <laughs> uh, sometimes I have been successful, sometimes I have been fa I had failed. I'll tell you one good example of uh, success. When uh, uh, when uh, the local body elections were won by the Pohutua and SLFP, uh, uh, Pohutua group, 42% or so, and Mr. Sirisena also got about 12% uh, or 10% or so, uh, people, the, the Pohutua people thought that we can uh, we can uh, be the be the prime minister and all that. There were some people who were working on it, and uh, this was going on. And one fine day, I got a call from Jayadev Uyangudu, my good friend, professor, and from Jayantadanapal also. On this, a little while later, and they were they were thinking that this move to remove Mr. Vikramasinghe is on, and then. Uh, and they were saying it's uh, uh, against the uh, constitution and this will create a lot of problems. And they were, not, they were apolitical people, both of them were not politicians. So I studied the constitution myself, although I'm not a lawyer, mm -hmm. I could understand very well. I thought he were, they were right. 
Then I spoke to Mr. Jansa Jayasuri, who was the Attorney General and now the Chief Justice. And I told him Jan, uh, that, uh, that he is there. I said I, am, I had decided to go and slay the President that he should not do it. Mm. And this is political decision making. I am not a politician, I am an administrator. Then I, I said, will you join me and explain this to the President, the legal part of it, because it's better to uh, Attorney General doing it. And two of us went and told uh, the President. We got, I got an appointment fixed up, I, two of us went and we told him that please don't do that, you know, if you do this, this will be the problem. And Mr. Jayasuri showed the sections of the Constitution and said that. He said, ah, yes, I understand. And they asked us to get, go away, you know, that's all. And then while we were coming out, I saw the people who are demanding that uh, Mr. Vikram Singh should be <laughs> got rid of, were entering the room. And one of them spoke to me and said, ah, alaykum tumah, and how are you, and all that. I said, I just smiled and went off. So, and about half an hour or 45 minutes later, I heard that he has told them that he is not going to do that because it's against and the secretary and the attorney general have come and told him. This is a good lesson for the secretary, yeah, future secretaries also, uh, even with the minister mm -hmm. and attorney generals also, that they should, uh, they should uh, tell, uh, tell the true situation and explain to them. Of course, you are risking your job, you are risking your friendship with the person, understanding with the uh, head of state who is the king. Uh, but then we took that uh, step and we, and he was saved for that uh, time being, he was saved. Mm -hmm. So that's a success. Mm. There are failures also. Uh, failures, I, I'll tell you one more failure, because you are talking about Mr. Vikram Singh mm -hmm. and Mr. Sirisena. Uh, after that, uh, uh, after this, there was a, uh, there was a move to, uh, check with uh, president. Uh, the president can ask the chief justice for a uh, op opinion on uh, on this type of thing. There was a move for that. Uh, then we we went and told him uh, that also when it was brought to us, we studied it and we went and it's, it was uh, attorney general who went and told him, okay. and he agreed on that. The the failure that was success. Failure, I will tell you, once uh, during this particular period. Uh, he wanted to provoke the parliament. Uh, Mrs. Rizeno wanted to provoke the parliament and they asked me to prepare. So I told him, sir, have you spoken to the prime minister? Have you spoken to the speaker? He said, uh, no, uh, I didn't speak to them. I said, no, it's an alliance. So therefore, isn't it? Uh, he said, no, no, you prepare the papers. Now that's the end of the story. I can't do anything. I prepare the papers. I took it to him and then I took it to him and before signing this, I said, sir, still I say that you should not sign mm. this. He said, no, no, he took a pen and palas, he signed. And then the parliament stands prorogued. And then uh, I came back. And then after about half an hour, I get a telephone call from the president. He told me, have you printed this? I said, I had been given to the government printer. Had they printed? I said, no, they take about two, three hours to do that. Then uh, he said, uh, this Prime Minister and Speaker came, I told him, they have gone for some other matter. Mm. And he had told them that I had done it. Uh, they say that we should not do it for this reason, that reason, given reasons. And he said, can you stop it? I said, yes. I went to the government printer and uh, got it, uh, uh, withdrew all the papers and came back and the program. There is a failure of the 
of the of the bureaucracy has failed but the politicians by negotiation by by consultation they have won mm. so therefore that gives the key the key is you the uh, public servants should do that to the extent they could possibly do and the politicians should be in a position to discuss matters and in while consult by consultation they must settle their own uh, problems and uphold the law uphold the of law. the land yeah, that they um uh, mr fernando we don't have much time on the show but there is much to discuss with you um i know uh, you worked with the, the two brothers President Mahindra Rajapaksa and President Gotabe Rajapaksa as well. Although you were not in the administrative service during um, MR's uh, period as president, um, later you were High Commissioner to India, uh, a diplomat representing Sri Lanka. But this is also the period after which President Gotabe Rajapaksa had to face um, something that no other president that you've worked with, that no, none of the executive presidents faced. He had to leave office earlier than expected, the Aragalaya, the struggle, the protests, the, the mass public um, dissent against the president, the regime yeah. uh, began. But as, an, as, as a civil servant, how did you see the handling of this situation? I, I personally feel that uh, Mr. Kotabe Rajapaksa, although there are allegations by the UNHRC and political parties and all that, Tamil political parties and all that, there would have been certain, certain misgivings also, but he did the coordination of the war effort excellently. He must give him the credit for doing that. But when he became uh, the president, I can only comment about uh, having, le I, I left uh, public service uh, working with him after about uh, uh, 40 days or something, <laughs> I think very little, uh, very little of service with him. But I have seen how things happened to him and how the Aragalaya and rest of it came about because I as an observer. Mm. But I think he had, uh, uh, he had uh, his own people who were, uh, at every president has his own people and he also had his own people. I don't think those people gave him the correct advice. And, and the other thing is other presidents, uh, all the presidents, even Mrs. Chandrika Kumar Tunga, although she had not been uh, 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 very, very. She was a chief minister, prime minister, and you know, very quick uh, succession. She also had political uh, background and all that. And the others, all the presidents who were there, had been uh, Mr. Mahindra Rajapaksa, Mr. Sirisena, Mr. Uh, Mr. the Premadasa, Mr. Jayawadana. Uh, all these people had long experience in politics, and that was not there. I think that was one more reason. And the other thing is, I, I have uh, I have read a, read, a, read a small document uh, in the Indian system where uh, Mr. Venkateswaran, who was the uh, president, uh, who was the who was the uh, secretary to the External Affairs Ministry, he was interviewed by a person when he uh, had to leave the public service in India, and he compared. He he said. Uh, uh, about Mr. Rajiv Gandhi, he says, he came from a, a great political family uh, and he was a successful professional. Uh, then he became uh, the prime minister and he was not listening to some of these people who, whose uh, advice could have been uh, so well. He was uh, depending on raw uh, very much, the research and analysis of uh, the uh, secret police of India. Uh, so he was... And then uh, he, he went to the extent of uh, 
uh, checking on statements made uh, on his visits abroad and all that, he w went to that extent. So when I read that, I was wondering whether this applies even to Mr. Rajapaksa. Rajapaksa comes from a great family. He was a successful professional, a successful professional. Then he also didn't listen to uh, some of the people, uh, some of the people whom he should have listened. Uh, then, uh, then he listened to the uh, intelligence people like uh, Mr. Rajiv Gandhi, uh, and uh, of course uh, he was uh, he he had to go, uh, go out uh, because of all these reasons put together. I think. Uh, that is what, and Mr. Rajiv Gandhi, of course, he took uh, some wrong decisions sometimes, and then he also had to pay for it with his life. And so, so therefore, it's uh, just because you come from a political family, because you are a professional, uh, because you get a massive, uh, even Rajiv Gandhi got a massive victory. With all that, it doesn't mean that uh, your success will be there, because uh, other reasons matter in uh, becoming head of state. Okay. I'm thrilled that's all the time we have on the show. Uh, an exemplary civil servant who even rejected offers of gifts of land by certain politicians during your time. We thank you for your service, Mr. Fernando. And, um, and, and we also thank you for joining us here at Hyde Park, for sharing with us your expertise. And uh, I, I certainly look forward to um, reading uh, your second book as well. Um, and, and uh, we wish you all the very best uh, in sharing your uh, views, your perspectives with the generations to come. Thank you very much. And uh, I, I uh, with, uh, with all the, everything that I said, I don't uh, carry any hatred or jealousy. I have more or less got out of that type of a situation. So therefore, all what I said is not with any malice to anybody, not with any hatred. And then these are experiences which people should hear also. Certainly, very you. interesting. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you very much. We were talking to Mr. Austin Fernando, a veteran civil servant who joined the Sri Lanka Ceylon Administrative Service back in 1967, um, has been a diplomat, a teacher, and worked with six executive presidents, has influenced Sri Lanka's public service in immense, immeasurable manner, and uh, a key implementer of the uh, ceasefire agreement between the Sri Lankan government and the LTTE at the time. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you again next week at the same time at Hyde Park. Good night.